Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur video and audio podcast. I get asked a lot of questions about brand and building a brand. Now, my second most downloaded podcast out of every edition I've done was an interview with brand expert, disruptive brand expert, BJ Cunningham. So if you're not yet subscribed to the audio version of the podcast, then uh, make sure you get that. Um, I'm going to cover some more nuts and bolts details of building the brand from the ground up. In one of my companies, Progressive Property, we have a lot of property investors who then want to move on to be property trainers, deal packages. They have a rent-to-rent business where they you know, want to have a more professional brand. If you're an entrepreneur, you know, disruptive entrepreneur, you may want to build a brand around yourself. If you've got your companies or you're starting your companies, you may want to build a brand around that. Morning, Karen. I'm doing this for you after our VIP one-to-one, so thanks for tuning in. So I'm going to go through the nuts and bolts of building a brand from the ground up in the right order, because I just want to say one thing. Doing the logo first is ass about face, face about ass, whatever you call it in whatever country you're from. It's the wrong way around. It's the worst thing to do. And people always start with logo, business cards, pens, you know, uh, swag, all this stuff. But if you get that wrong, then it's very difficult to go back. So here are some from the ground up tips on building your brand. Now, if you've already got one, you still want to go through this process because you may find you've actually got it the wrong way around. And uh, there's nothing wrong with tweaking your brand. It can be very successful. Apple took Computers Inc. off their brand and it's just Apple. And that, of course, enabled them to scale into this product and this product and iTunes and everything else. So that was an amazing uh, strategic brand decision. Starbucks took Starbucks off their logo. But of course, it can really fail. Imagine if Nike changed the tick to a cross and just do it, change to, eh, fuck it. <laughs> that ain't going to be a good rebrand. So stick me with, with me with an open mind, whether you've got a brand or not. Also, there's an argument that you should definitely have at least two brands, you know, your personal brand, your name, and your company brand. All right, so here we go. And I've even taken some notes. Look how professional I am. All right, so the first thing is, what people misunderstand what a brand is. They think it's collateral. You know, they think it's sort of visual assets. A brand is actually a promise. It's a promise you make to deliver something consistently well. And uh, if you think of a great restaurant, you know, a lot of people, I'm always surprised at this, but it, it proves the point. You know, when they, when they go to a restaurant and have a really nice meal, instead of saying, wow, it was an amazing meal, they say things like, I've never had a bad meal here. So actually, more than it being great and then average, they want it to be consistent. Whether it's consistently good or consistently... There was a car hire company that, that created a brand around being second best. So consistently second biggest is better than, you know, inconsistent, unpredictable. Now, if you've ever worked for anyone, 
who's been high and low, you know, they're your best friend one minute, then you're there, your worst enemy the next, then you'll know that inconsistency breeds fear, lack of trust. So a brand is a promise. So you've got to think about what is my promise? What do I promise to do for my clients, my demographic, my customers, the planet, if you've got a global vision, and then build enough trust so that they trust me to deliver it and I deliver every time. So think about that. And you think about that way before you do your first logo. There's another episode on the Disruptive Entrepreneur audio podcast where I interviewed Kevin Kelly, who's one of the most futuristic thinkers in the world. He's written some amazing books. He's a huge guy in the Silicon Valley tech world. And he wrote a bookstroke article called 1,000 True Fans. And what he suggests is, if you have 1,000 diehard, loyal customers, fans, followers, you have a sustainable business where you can sustain your own overhead, you know, your family, your mortgages, and you can, you can make a good living. And um, whilst you may want more, and Apple and any other the big brands, Nike, have obviously got millions, you should target a, a quite tight, narrow but deep demographic first when you're building your brand. So your promise that you're going to deliver consistently, that people are going to trust for a specific demographic. So is it young entrepreneurs who are considering going to university? Is it over 65s? Is it people who are, you know, is it startup? Because startup's very specific, isn't it? It's not people who've grown a big business yet. Is it corporate business CEOs over 1 billion turnover? And people are scared to make it specific as I was in the early days because you think you limit your market. But you've got to target a specific demographic first to have a clear message. Because by the way, they'll teach you what the clear message could be, should be because you'll start learning about them and take on their feedback and then be able to clearly and more concisely and more accurately give them the message and tweak the promise and tweak the trust proposition and tweak what you stand for and what you don't stand for. And then once you've got your 1,000 true fans, you know, your loyal followers, your deep, laser-focused demographic that isn't wide, then you go wider. And by the way, when you're, when you're very clear what you are and who you are and you have this sort of, as I said, laser-focused, deep demographic, other people will buy from you. But if you're everything to everyone and nothing to no one, nothing to everyone, people are confused and they won't buy from you. So I see many entrepreneurs, business owners, property investors they've got no clear identity. They want to be everything to everyone. They want to try this, try that, do this. They want multiple streams of this, but they're not going deep enough and building enough trust and goodwill to, you know, go over all the hurdles to set something up to make the push. For years, people have been asking me where I buy my watches. Many of you may know I'm a watch collector. I'm a watch investor. And those as an asset class have done me very well in the last 15 years. I have never shared where I source my watches from or my watch dealer until now. My watch dealer used to be a professional footballer for Manchester United and he formed a watch brand called Broadwalk and he sources the higher end brands like Rolex, Audemars Piguet, Patek Philippe and Richard Mille. I trust him, I've used him for many years and recently we've done a partnership. Hence I'm inviting you if you want to start investing in watches and protect your money from the banks and inflation to check out Broadwalk. That's B-R-O-A-D-W-A-L-K. And the website is broadwalkgroup.com. The email is sales at broadwalkgroup.com. And please don't share this, but his number is 07496 
0478-078-153. Obviously, only message him if you're serious about buying and investing in the higher-end watches. People have been asking me for years, and for the first time ever, you can get access to my watch team. Become a pull. All right. So then you want to think about articulating the promise. Now, of course, you probably heard that you need your values, your vision statement, your mission statement. You've probably got a tagline in what you do. And I would start with articulating your promise, i.e. in a sentence, or maybe, maybe it's difficult to sort of condense at first. Maybe it starts with a paragraph, but just start writing what your promise is. So I'm sure when Nike first started, you know, they didn't just have a eureka moment of just do it. They would have had um, a longer, more waffly promise, which they were able then to reduce and reduce and reduce and reduce. So let's say, for example, you're helping people with property or you're helping people in investing. You might start playing along and writing things like, we help you save you time. We help you gain leverage. We help you make some money. We take the work off you. We give you a hands-free portfolio or business. We help you do more of what you love. We help you achieve more in less time, outsource, so you can spend time on the things that matter most to you. you know? And that might be what you start writing out. And then you might condense it a bit by saying, we save you time and make you money by building and managing a hands-free portfolio that you could retire on. So you, because it's hard to kind of get it. That's actually quite good. I should, um, I should borrow that. You know, don't put pressure on yourself to get it perfect first time. It's kind of an iterative process of sort of brain dumping and brainstorming and then getting out all the fat. And then you've got your tagline. Now, again, most people are thinking company name before tagline. They're thinking logo before company name before tagline. Wrong way around. So then you've got your promise. So, for example, I've been helping some people who do developing. And you've got to think about the upsides and downsides of your proposal. Now, by the way, the downsides can be part of the upsides of building your brand. So with developing, the upside is you can, you know, it's big money. And, uh, you know, it's probably a leverage of time if you've got one development which has got 40 units in rather than doing 40 individual units. You know, the upside might be one deal might make you a year or two or five years worth of money. The downside is it's not passive income, it's harder, it's probably not for new people. So you've got to think about all that. So I was having a chat with um, some people who are creating a development course and doing a development book. And so, you know, the, the tagline might be something like, and let me have a think here on the spot, it might be replace all your income in one deal or development. And now it's sexy. And now people can see why they would do it. It's also a promise, but it's not an overpromise because people get that for one deal to replace all your income, it's got to be a big deal. It's not promising to be passive or overnight millions. And then you've got the tagline. And then once you've got the tagline, then you can think, oh, okay, so what does the brand look like? What's the, the look and feel, you know, the fluffiness, the creativity part? And then you might... Then you might look at your title and you might call it Developer Secrets. You might call it Build to Let. I really hope the batteries don't die on my uh, audio podcast this time. If you're listening to this, you know they didn't. I want to say hi to everyone. Please tag yourself in and say hi. I've got, it looks like we've got a good few people that are tuning in live. So tag yourself in, say hi, ask me any questions you've got, and let me help you as best I can. All right, great. 
So then you, once you've got your tagline, you think about the vision. So my personal vision is to create global financial freedom. And the mission through that is to uh, give people more financial education to help them make more money and make a difference. Now, of course, the vision has to be way bigger than you. I say, of course, most people don't get that. But if the vision isn't bigger than you, it doesn't serve others as well as serve you. So the vision has to, I believe, this is my take, be self-serving and also serving of others. Now, some people say that, you know, the vision should represent who you are. But if it represents who you are, but there's no benefit to your customers, your clients or the people you're trying to educate or inspire, then it becomes too selfish. But of course, if it's, it's all philanthropy and, and, and there's no self-interest, people are sceptical about that. And the vision has to reflect you, but serve others. So how can you balance self-serving and serving others? So for me, I think my global financial vision of, you know, creating global financial freedom through better financial education and helping people make more money and make a difference, that's going to benefit me because the, the more I do that, the more I'm going to have my percentage share and get the same for myself. It's also intrinsically linked to what I do because if I ain't wealthy, I'm not credible to go and teach other people to be wealthy. So a thing I'd written down as a, a point that I wanted you to get is, let me find it, I've said it, I just want to sum it up, is it's got to self-serve and serve others in uh, harm, harmonial, harmonic, I'm not sure the word, balance. All right, cool. So your business can and should be a lifestyle. Like people tattoo Harley Davidson on their heart, even if they don't have a bike. 12% of all Harley turnover is merchandise, not bikes. So Harley don't just give you, you know, big choppers. They give you a lifestyle, you know, contrarian, disruptive, rebirth, you know, kind of um, anti-system, anti-establishment. And so people will have Harley Davidson tattoos because they're buying into a lifestyle because Harley stand for something. They stand against something. And that's what you want your brand to be. And that's what the disruptive entrepreneur is. And that's what progressive property is. The, the disruptive entrepreneur, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything, is constantly disrupting, evolving, innovating, taking risks. That's what that brand is about. Progressive property, invest for freedom, choice and profit. And our values are progressive, innovative and personal. So you can see very clearly what we stand for and what we stand against. And you should stand against something. Now, I'm not saying you should do all the cheap anti-marketing tactics like you see adverts of Microsoft basically saying, well, Apple don't do this and Apple haven't got this. I, I don't really believe in the tit for tat. You know, like, you know, like the American presidential campaign is basically just a load of dog and cat fighting. I'm not into that. Occasionally, you might have to anti-position to sort of tell a good story, but stay away from all that sort of bitchy, uh, moany, fighty stuff and just make it clear in your proposition, you know, we're about this. So as, as entrepreneurs, you know, we're, we're about not making excuses, not blaming the system, not blaming the government and going out and setting up an enterprise that can help us make money and make a difference. We're, we're about taking control. We're about generating revenues that serve and pay for the public sector. Once you've got that, what we stand for, what we stand against, then you have something strong. You have something that people defend. You have something that people want to put their flag in the ground and, their, you know, and sort of pitch their tent and their camp out with you and for you. Then you do your logo. Then you do your swag. Then you do your business cards. You do your pens. You do your portfolios and, and all that kind of stuff. Only then, because the colours represent it, the, the logo, the, the typeface, they all are a representation of all of that. Do it that way round. 
Also, I recommend that you have a business brand that can scale. So we called Progressive Progressive. It was total accident, but sort of the, in a way, it was an accidental stroke of genius because if we were to call it, called it Rob Moore and Mark Hammer Properties.co.uk, in the start, people buy into you as a person, so it would have grown quicker. But then it wouldn't have been scalable. We wouldn't have been able to step back. We wouldn't have been able to have the 105 trainers that we have. We would have had to have done every single event. And we do 550 events nearly a year now. And I'd have had to have done every single one of them or Mark or people wouldn't have bought into that. But people buy into progressive, innovative, personal. And as long as they're progressive, innovative and personal, then they can reflect those values and match those values. And people get it that they're the right trainer for progressive and it doesn't have to be us. And the thing is, progressive property can become progressive. And progressive can sell anything because it's, it, it's got scale in the name. So I think you should choose a name that has scale. Now, by, by all means, you want robmore.com, your own name.com, because, you know, you want to build your personal brand like the disruptive entrepreneur gives me my freedom to go and do all my own crazy stuff separate to progressive. If something happens to progressive or something happens to me, then they're, you know, they're kind of compartmentalized and rimfenced from each other, which is also important. So you've de-risked. But, you know, you might want to choose Horizon or you might want to choose Evergreen or you might want to choose, you know, a name like that that enables Skyline. You know, these names that have got, you can have those, by the way, for free because or they might be taken. But, you know, you want names of brands that can grow because Apple took computers off and Starbucks took coffee off. And as a brand scales and wants to go into other niches because it's, it's got its loyal thousand fans and its tight niche, and now it wants to grow because it might need to grow to, to uh, meet you know, sort of shareholder targets or it might want to grow because it wants to make a more global difference rather than a national or a regional difference. So you make sure you do that. Make sure you're very consistent. You're consistent with what you wear. You're consistent with how you are. People, you know, that they, they understand you. You know, like a, a meal, a restaurant. For a restaurant to be great, it has to be a consistently good meal, not a great meal followed by an average meal. So you want to make sure you've got consistency in your brand. But pattern interrupt a bit. Because if it's too consistent and too boring, people tune out. You know, everyone's chucking Facebook Live videos, Facebook ads. You know, there's, there's marketing noise everywhere. It used to take about seven times to convince someone to take a, an action. Now it takes 11. So we're tuning out. We've got decision fatigue. You know, we find it hard to concentrate and work deeply. You know, we, we get distracted by everything. So continually interrupting the pattern. You know, same brand, same consistent message, same logo, same promise. But, you know, break the pattern like um, Apple did with the 1984 Super Bowl ad, which was really clever, really genius. All right. Stand for something, stand against something. Be careful not to knock other people down. Do it rarely. You might have to do it a couple of times. Pick your fights. You may have to do it because someone attacks you. But I, I, I just don't really like that world. I don't think it's scalable. Because in the end, what will happen is you'll create a load of enemies and you might be able to leapfrog them at the start. But in the end, you're just going to build a load of enemies. So don't really think it's a smart thing to do. And then finally... You want to own the space of something in the mind. So I've been getting quite a lot of comments on some of my watches, actually, and it's, it's good to use an example. So Panerai have this um, thing, I don't know, this sort of um, the crown protector. And you instantly, they're, they're, they've patented this. It's got registered trademark, actually, on it. But as soon as you see that, you know that's Panerai. And that's really clever. And if they go, if they took that off, you wouldn't know it's a Panerai. So they own that all it is is a crown protector, but they own it and they've got mind space on it. And as soon as someone sees it, they know it's a Panerai. And that's really clever. 
So what things can you own? You know, Nike own the tick. They own just do it. If you think of a fizzy drink, what drink do you think of? What little bit of real estate can you own in someone's mind? So they, when, when they think of it, they think of you. And that means just to sum everything up, and batteries are still there, gotta be quick. A brand is a promise. Balance self-service with serving others. What's your target demographic of 1,000 true fans? Go deep, and then once you've gone deep, then you can scale, because other people will buy what's good for 1,000 people, but no one will buy what's anything and everything to everyone and no one. What's to create the tagline, start with a brainstorm paragraph, get rid of all the fat, get some feedback from your target market, your existing customers, reduce it, create a tagline. Your values, your vision, your mission, create a lifestyle that people will tattoo on their chest for, create something that's unique and different, which creates trust, make sure you're consistent with that, then your logo, your brand, your collateral, your website, your color scheme, your typeface, all comes from that. Be consistent, but pattern interrupt every now and again. Stand for something, stand against something. Be careful not to position too hard against others and knock others down. Occasionally you have to protect yourself and have a couple of fights, but be careful not to do that. And own a space of something like a stripy shirt, like Progressive does, like a bezel protector, like Panerai does, in the mind of an individual, and then you have repeat business for decades to come. All right, I hope you found this useful. If you don't risk anything, you risk everything. I'm going to do a special offer now, which is if you review the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or Audio Boom, wherever you listen to it, if you review it, I'll give you any one of my books signed free. Not just Life Leverage, which some of you have taken up on, but any one of my books, I'll give it signed and free. They go on eBay for like five times as much. If you just go and review the Disruptive Entrepreneur on iTunes or any other platforms. All right, thanks very much. Let's keep the debate going in the Disruptive Entrepreneurs community. Make sure you've joined there. Over 400,000 subscribers on the podcast, but 3,500 in the group. So you've got to get yourself in the group, the Disruptive Entrepreneurs community. If you don't risk anything, you risk everything. This is Rob Moore. Thank you very much.